Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. Hey, welcome back into the Bruce Rooley Show. Jack Windsor here, joined in studio by GOP strategist Bob Clegg, and uh, right now uh, on the phone line by the chair of history in government and professor of international studies at Cedarville University. I'm talking about Dr. Glenn Dewar. Uh, Dr. Dewar, welcome back to the Bruce Rooley Show. How are you today? I'm great. How about yourself? I am super fantastic. And first of all, I'm going to give you an apology on air. I think we had some challenges with connecting, and I, I, I apologize that you sat for so long, but we're excited to have you. No worries. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So last night, the continuing resolution uh, was passed by the Senate, and it, it that keeps the government operating and extends some federal funding, but it doesn't include funding for Ukraine. It doesn't include funding for Israel. Um so let's kind of use that as the angle that we dive in. What do you expect lawmakers to do and what should they be considering? Let's first start, if you don't mind, with Israel. Uh, what do you think is going to happen and, and what should we be talking about? Yeah, these are two good allies, Israel and Ukraine, both in a time of need. And I think this pretty widespread compassion in the United States for both of them and to help them to some degree. But I think there's this frustration in in Congress and uh, for those of us that are regular citizens because there are other issues. Um, Providing aid uh, just simply goes on the national credit card, and we're often thinking about our children and grandchildren and the debt load that they'll carry. And so I think many will say, yes, we can support both Israel and Ukraine, but let's, let's try and figure out how we're actually going to pay for it because there are other issues like securing the southern border as well. A lot of people say, well, why are we giving monies out here when you know, we, we can't control what's especially happening, happening at our southern border? And I think that's the, the reticence from the, the new speaker trying to solve some of these issues and connect them to something wider, uh, even though I think we all realize that uh, two allies, uh, Israel and Ukraine, have some needs. Uh, you mentioned um, uh, Israel in particular. This is a country that was very brazenly and brutally attacked and is now trying to root out Hamas and uh, has also uh, pledged to its citizens to get back, get back to, to return uh, over 200 hostages that are still held by a, a brutal terrorist organization. And so uh, with Israel, I think there will be funding at some point down the line, should it be necessary, but Israel is making fairly fast progress in the north of Gaza, especially around Gaza City. Mm-hmm. It's making a lot of headlines, and there are certainly challenges with the approach. And Israel has to figure out, well, what does it want to do moving forward? Because uh, occupying uh, Gaza is something that they did prior to 2005, but it's, it's, a, it's a difficult situation, and it's, it's not, not necessarily a long-term solution either. 
It is a difficult situation, and it's it's muddied. There, there's so there. I mean, there are literally thousands of years of conflict involving uh, the many sides there. But what makes it even more confusing, as you know, somebody like an average Joe like me, a voter, an American, is the Biden administration talking about. Well, you know, yes, you you need to be on the offensive, but you really kind of need to make sure that your response isn't overboard if you're Israel. And then I pick up the paper and I see that they've now made uh, about $10 billion available to Iran. And we all know that Iran is is funding Hamas. What's going on in D.C. and what's your pulse on why they're doing these things? The Biden administration is a follow-on from the Obama administration in attempt to uh, resurrect the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, the the Iran deal. Uh, And I think it's caused a lot of concern on the right because it really didn't go far enough when it was uh, initially put through. And in a desire to resurrect it, the Biden administration has unfrozen uh, several rounds of of, of monies that uh, do belong to Iran but have been sanctioned. And you mentioned the, the $10 billion, but there's also been a $6 billion uh, package. Yep. And so cumulatively, there's some $16 billion that has now been refrozen. But it is very, very dangerous because here in Iran, uh, there's a, it's, it's a country that remains very, very closed and very brutally represses its, its own population. And indeed, through the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, continues to fund groups like Hamas and Hezbollah uh, with weaponry and aid and money, etc. And it's been uh, very difficult because uh, Israel has faced the brunt of it. Hezbollah in the south of Lebanon has reported 150,000 missiles and rockets. The monies that went to Hamas have been directly used for training and weaponry that caused the the brutal attack that killed 1,200 Israeli citizens and guests to the country on October the 7th. And so it's a very, very difficult one for many because uh, here is money that's being freed up. There's a lot to that. But at the same time, um, Israel has paid the price, and now Israel is expected to abide by proportionality (laughs) when it was attacked uh, openly and terribly. And uh, I, when I when speaking about this, I, I kind of chat with people. I think, you know, what if we were attacked from Canada? I mean, what if our neighborhoods were fired upon? What if there was some kind of brazen cross-border attack into Detroit or something along those lines? I, I don't know how many of us in the United States would tolerate that. And I think that's the position that Israel is in. And it's a very difficult one because they're being asked to say, you know, stand back and don't, uh, you know, don't. Uh, retaliate when, you know, for for any reasonable thinking person, they just they 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 want to defend their territory and That's they right. want their people back. These are hostages that have been held for forty one days now. That's hmm. horrific for the families. We've got about two minutes here, but I, I do want to say I would be irresponsible if I didn't remind our listeners that Uncle Joe Biden also left behind a, a full arsenal of <laughs> of weapons uh, in Afghanistan. And, and I'm certain that those are not in the right hands now, too. But here, I'm going to throw you a curveball. You've got about a minute and a half. And, and I just want you to kind of maybe lay out whether this is totally crazy or if this is possible. 
What if there's a deeper strategic move here with Iran and we're intentionally emboldening them in the hope that Israel would ultimately engage and wipe them out and and take them out of play uh, for some maybe down the road conflict between the United States and China? If Iran is weak or hurting, uh, how, how do they come to the aid of China? What are your thoughts on that t- that, that tinfoil conspiracy theory? Iran is already weak, and my sense is the big reason why they are funding Hamas and Hezbollah is because they don't need to do it themselves. I say they're weak because roughly two-thirds of the population uh, is ethnically Persian and speaks a variant of a a Persian language, which is the power base. But it also means roughly one-third of the population especially around the periphery, are ethnic minorities and typically Sunni and sometimes are relatively restive against the Iranian government. Layer over top of that, uh, the brutal killing of the 22-year-old young woman of Kurdish ancestry last year, Masa Amini, and uh, for not wearing her headscarf correctly by the morality police. And it led to massive protests across the country, uh, one that the government really had struggled to control, and it had a death toll in the the several hundreds. We don't know the full extent of it because reporting on it is difficult from within the regime. 30 seconds here, Dr. Dewar, I apologize. Yes. Layer on top of that, there's just a massive amount of of Christian witness happening uh, in the country as well, and Iran is, is pretty weak. Yeah, at least the, the, for the government. And so my sense is that they don't want to engage with Israel directly. They're just trying to protect what they have internally. And so uh, I don't see a, a larger desire to protect China. I think they're preparing, just trying to preserve themselves because it is a weak regime. He is Dr. Glenn Dewar, and he's unpacking it. And we're, we're so grateful. Uh, Dr. Dewar, thanks for being with us today, and we look forward to having you back soon. My pleasure. Have a great day, Hey, welcome back to The Bruce Hooley Show. Jack Windsor, editor-in-chief of the Ohio Press Network, coffee fetcher for the group. Uh, got caught grabbing some coffee, some nice nice, uh, nice hot joe here that we can get caffeinated on and talk a little more turkey. I'm joined in studio by GOP strategist Bob Clegg. Jack, you fetch coffee well. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Whitney, are you listening? See, there is one thing I do well. Um Great conversation with Dr. Glenn Dewar and uh, man, somebody like that who has such a an historical perspective on on the world and history. How refreshing! Um, and and you know we do stuff like that, and you go, man, this is really deep. And I say, you know, the reason that we do it is because we're not teaching kids, adults, anyone <laughs> history and 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 talking about what's going on through the lens of an accurate depiction of history. So we appreciate Dr. Glenn Dewar and we appreciate Bob Clegg. Bob, um, what do you want to talk about? I know you wanted uh, to chat a little bit about Senate race issue one. Yeah. Uh, whatever you want to, Jack. I mean, 
Let's uh, let's let's go back to the U.S. Senate race, okay? Uh, because we we kind of didn't tie up some loose ends. Okay. Sherrod's vulnerable. I think we agree yeah. about that. Uh, who's best suited to beat him? I've got a thought that I think I know who could who could absolutely wrap up the nomination. But who do you think ultimately wins the the GOP nomination, and can that person beat Sherrod Brown? Well, I tend to believe the same way the Congress or the Senatorial Committee uh, believes, which they put out a statement that said, we believe any of the three can beat Sherrod Brown. And I agree with that. I think any of the three can beat Sherrod Brown. Uh, what little polling there is shows that um, I think the last poll I saw, um, Frank LaRose was tied with Sherrod Brown. Um, uh, I think, uh, Matt Dolan was losing by one point, and Bernie Marino was losing by three. I mean, those are all within the margin of error. The key uh, fact in all of that was was that Sherrod had no more than 47% in any of those head-to-head. Stunning. For a, a guy that's been in office for 50 years, to be below 50% means you got a big problem. And Massive he's got a big problem. Um, I think any of the three can do it. They all have their, I think, their own strengths. Um, uh, uh, you know, Frank uh, LaRose has been on the ballot, statewide ballot now twice. So mm-hmm. he's got that name ID, which is why I think he does the best right now against Sherrod. Um, Matt Dolan's been on the statewide ballot or Republican statewide ballot, um, you know, before um, his family owns the guardians and you know they have family money and, i didn't say it listeners yeah. I, I will never say it it's the it's the the major league know, baseball indians. club formerly known as the indians all right go ahead yeah. sorry <laughs> i'm gonna uh, take every shot i yeah. can take yeah take it uh and and bernie marino's got a great life story um and he also has personal money which is always very helpful in a campaign so they they all have their um strengths uh i think i'm fine with any of the three so I believe this. Uh, it's interesting, right? Uh, Bernie has the endorsement of our existing senator. Which, yes, he does. Uh, whether you like J.D. Vance or not, if you can if you can stop swallowing the blue progressive pill of propaganda in, in the press, you look at him and you go, well, here's a guy who went to D.C. and started making waves yeah. immediately. Uh, oh, He's doing a bad enough job. And so he's endorsed Bernie. I believe that the person who's best suited to get the Trump endorsement is Bernie Marino? Yeah, I would. I would think the J.D. Vance endorsement is kind of like a hint, yeah, a hint of what may be coming. But then again, we're talking about Donald Trump, so you can never really guess what what he's going to do. All right, I'm going to make somebody mad. I'll guess Donald Trump will do whatever's best for him in this presidential election. If it's weighing in yeah. early, he'll weigh in early. If it's you know weighing in later and saying, "See, I picked the winner," he'll do yeah. that. Yeah. Do you think he'll weigh in uh, during the primary? Um. I think it depends on what's going on with his race. Uh, I think if he's involved in a race, he probably wouldn't get involved. But I don't think he's going to be involved in a race for president. I mean, I think pretty much after New Hampshire, everybody's out. Everybody's out. I think. So, yeah, it's interesting. I um, I don't know. I, I think I think any any of the three could win. Um and I just right now I think it's I think it's too close for me to call. Yeah. I don't know I don't know who's going to win the primary. I just I just want to make sure that you know we beat Sherrod Brown. That is the most important thing. If Sherrod Brown loses, it would appear Republicans will have a majority in the yes. Senate. I think if he loses, we will have a majority. Uh, 
real quick, what are there are a few other states though that have some big yeah. races. It, can you give us the skinny on those? Montana okay. is the next next Trump state that has a Democrat incumbent up, John Tester. Um, he's former governor of the state. Um, I think he's a little more uh, uh, tougher to beat in that he seems a little bit m- smarter politically. Uh, he knows his state and the way it's going, and I think he's playing that. Sherrod, um, Sherrod has never really been had to deal with when, – when he first got elected into the U.S. Senate, he got elected in a great Democrat year, 2006. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. Uh, and then in 2012, when he got reelect, another great Democrat year, Obama carried Ohio. Yep. Uh, even in 2018, now you could say, well, the Republicans won everything statewide that year. But Mike DeWine, remember, didn't beat Richard Cordray by all that much. At all. Well, and some people would argue that he got a bump from Trump. Yeah. So um, – He's never really had to run in a year where Republicans did really, really, really well here in Ohio. Okay. So I think he's fa- going to be facing that Interesting. next year. Interesting. So, um, uh, Bob, we, we've got about a minute left here. Are you sticking around for more or you got a, you got a jet? Um, I got a jet. He's going to be gone after yeah, this. I'm sorry. So that's all right. You've got about a minute here. Yeah. Um, talk to our listeners. Um, what's on your mind? Because I prize our time together. And oftentimes I ask questions that I think frame up the conversation and you might have something that you want to say that I didn't no, ask. I just I mean, the, I just want everybody to understand how uh, important next year is in our country. I mean, the this election is going to be very, very important. We got Joe Biden, which we could talk another whole segment about. Well, is Joe Biden really going to be the. The Democrat nominee. Or I asked not? Jim Jordan that question earlier today. Oh, okay, and uh, I don't think he knows. No, I, none I think of us he know. thinks he's going to stay. Well, he's a great puppet. Yeah, because he's not running the show. Let's but admit. he's a great puppet who they thought could beat Donald Trump. Everything that's coming out now, and I just saw two new polls yesterday. Quinnipiac, I think, was one of them, and I can't remember the other one. Fox, Fox, Fox News. Uh, they both have uh, Trump beating Biden nationally and if that's really the case there's no way biden can win none well it makes you it makes you wonder are they gonna you know i think at some point i think at some point or somebody else yeah i think at some point they panic i think the thought of donald trump becoming president again is just going to overwhelm them and they're going to panic and they're going to say we got to get rid of this demented old man and put somebody else in Bob Clegg, he's a GOP strategist. Thank you, sir, for carving out time to be with us today. My pleasure, Jack. Hey, and thank you for listening. Stay tuned. We've got more for you. Uh, In hour number two, State Senator Andrew Brenner will be here at 1235. Stay tuned to 98.9 FM, The Answer.